Hey, I'm Matt Hudgens, and he's Dave Mulvaney, and this is Profitability MD. Dave, how you doing today, buddy? Man, I'm doing good. How are you? Life is great. We're here uh, midsummer already. I can't believe that. 93 degrees in Atlanta. I can only imagine about Florida. Be yeah, 100 today. It'll be 100 <laughs> this, this whole long weekend, and I'm just crazy enough that I'm sure I'll spend at least a couple of the next few days at the beach. So, Right, at 7 a.m.? No, I normally go in the afternoon. Do you really? Yeah, I go because that's when people are leaving and as the sun drops away, because we're on the East Coast, so the sun drops away, it comes at an angle and the sand actually cools off. I don't have to put boots on my dog's feet. I, yeah, I'm one of those people who has yellow boots for my black lab's feet. So um, That is hilarious. I lost your video feed for a second. There you go. Yeah, right. there you go. All right. Yeah, all right, so let's talk today about uh, – why we do what we do and who we're doing it for. So you and I were talking a little bit offline. So I want to go back into that and you say, Dave, why are you doing this? What, what are we, who are we doing this for? Why are you doing this? Well, Matt, why I'm doing this is because um, I have been self-employed since 1992 and had in very different industries, a few different one service business, um, one manufacturing and distribution. They all boil down to sales. Let's put them that way. Um, real estate investing. But uh, I know there's a whole bunch of entrepreneurs who think they're entrepreneurs, but they're actually slaves to their business. Um, and for about eight and a half years, almost, almost 10 years of my life, um, my manufacturing company literally took over my life. Um, I, had, I had all the money that I'd want, but um, I had no time. I had time, but literally when I was home, I was always at work. When I was on vacation, I was always at work. Um, when I was at work, I was always at work, and the stress was really out of hand. So my, when I got a second chance in life, I guess uh, that's to say um, I was on a crashing plane and I got to eject. So, um, you know, when you get a second chance and you get to really look at things, you know, and you can connect the dots looking backwards because it becomes so much easier, um, that's where you say, you know what, I, I gotta, there's people out there who need to know that like a doctor, I can recognize the symptoms of entrepreneurial slavery really quick. And, um, and I just named some of them, you know, you go on vacation and you're, you're always on this, you're always checking your phone, you're, you're sitting on the beach with your wife and kids and the scenery is absolutely gorgeous. There's girls walking by in bikinis, and what are you doing? You're looking at your phone, looking at your email. Are you serious? This is what you're doing right now? But, And there's so many people like that. So I decided that um, who I'm doing this for are those people who are um, – they've if there's such a thing as modern-day slavery, it's this very thing. And it's built around debt, but it's not only built around debt. It's, a, it's built around the fear of losing the business you have and instead of focusing on how you can acquire more business and continue to grow and nothing ever based in fear um, is ever done right. So the people I'm doing this for are maybe are, are those that uh, are stuck and they, a lot of times they don't even know they're stuck. They're in an unaware state, but they can't look to the left or the right because they have to keep their nose to the grindstone. They can't let up uh, because they've got, a bunch of employees, they've got mouths to feed, and everybody's looking to them to lead. 
And you know, there's that old expression, I'm their leader, which way do they go? You're, you're that guy because you're, you're working all, all the time instead of working, you're working in your business instead of working on it. So that's why I'm doing this and um, those are the people I'm doing it for. Um, so that's kind of the, I guess you'd say the, the 10,000 foot view of David Mulvaney. And, um, but my question to you then, Matt, would be, why are you doing this and who are you doing this for? Yeah, and that's, um, that's a great question in that um, a couple different versions of it. I'm doing it for the guy who's really good at what he does, but he just doesn't know how to get clients. Really good. If he could get more business, he would be successful. Uh, the second thing I'm doing it for is that there's no better way to build wealth in America than to own your own business, right? Because if you own your own business, you control your own destiny, right? If you work at the bank, the bank controls your destiny and your salary and your bonuses and your job at any time can be taken away. So no better, no better way in America to build wealth is than owning your business. Um, and on top of that, I, you know, my personal story just quickly was, uh, I started this business or one of my, so I've had three businesses that are six figures, actually one of them is seven figure businesses. And so business is a system. So here's what I figured out. Business is a system. It's a process that can be duplicated into any area or type of business, right? Um, I had uh, my investment business started out really successfully. So successfully, in fact, that I got kind of lazy, but then the recession hit and everything got cut in half. The markets went down 56%. So that means your revenue goes down 56%, unless you might've lost clients and stuff like that. And I had to rebuild, right? In order to rebuild, you had to do it right. And part of doing it right is exactly what you're talking about. You want to build it where it's the business you want, the lifestyle you want. But again, no better way in America to build your wealth and control your own destiny, right? What does one new client mean for you, for me? That goes right to our bottom line. What does it mean to to be able to uh, work with people we like and enjoy as opposed to people we have to work with. We got to work with the pain in the butt people. Um, so I'm doing it for the guys that, that know what they're doing or good at what they do, but they just can't do it for enough people. They'd love to do it for enough people. And then I do it because there's no better way to build wealth in America than owning your own business. Gosh, the tax laws are actually written for us, not against us. Cause yeah. if you're a W2, you got nothing. I was listening to a podcast um, and I can't think of the name of the podcast, but um, one of the people being interviewed was a billionaire. I'm not going to say who it was because he's not my favorite person on the planet, but he's a billionaire. And he said, he said these words, he said, look, nobody saves their way to wealth. He goes, you've, you've got to have a business of your own because you, you know, you want, you want to be wealthy. Now you can save your wealth to like, to be comfortable. But, but you're not, you're not going to, you're not going to, he's basically saying nobody saves their way to wealth. And I never really thought of it that way, but it's, and it's so true. And there's so much congruency with what you and I uh, believe in terms of what can grow a business systems are the back end. But if you don't have the marketing, right, you can have all the systems in place. And some people build, they build the best business plan on the planet. But they forget without a marketing plan that's going to generate sales, you can have the best business plan. You can raise all the money in the world. But if you don't have a marketing, a really good marketing arm of your business, marketing comes before sales. Marketing generates sales. And you've got to start with marketing. 100%, I believe that's 
Uh, you can be bad at everything else, but if you're really good at marketing, you'll do well. Now, nothing will destroy a company quicker than good marketing in a bad company. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Well, that's funny. So, you know, if you think about what are the three main elements of a business, right? You got to attract the clients, and that goes into identifying your target markets and how are we going to educate and motivate them and how are we going to convert them, right? Yep. You got to, number two, you got to deliver your service. So how do you deliver the wow experience? How can I automate that? How can I make sure I'm doing the best that I can do for my clients? How can I make sure my team is doing what's best for it? And the third element is servicing those clients and scaling the business. So how do you service clients and scale the business? You have repeat business. You have referrals from past clients. You have referrals from other centers of influence in the area. Uh, but you, but those are the three key elements. You got to attract different areas. You got to deliver the service. Can't be none of the people we work with can be bad at what they do. You got to be good at what you do, and then you got to scale it and service it, and 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 start the engine over. Get those people back up top to the attracting. Um, and in and, my and, opinion, on that on that scaling part in the back is where automation is of course we're, we're talking systems but when you can automate the scaling part you know what has made you know uh we'll, we'll talk about uber for instance you know lyft was out before uber so they weren't you know there is an advantage for some to be first to the market but what uber did very well was they scaled through automation and um you can you can point to many uh, well, let's look at Uber versus taxi cabs. You know, why was Uber able to scale so rapidly? Because they built a backbone that was scalable through uh, phone apps, basically. And whereas taxi cabs, there were so many moving parts that the company itself was so top heavy. And they had these taxi, like a taxi cab franchise or to get your license in New York City. Uh, I think today it's even still 500 grand. Now, the question is, do you want to pay $500,000 to get a yellow, nasty car, or do you want to, like, just get a background check and, and drive for Uber? Um, that's why the New York Taxi uh, Union is screaming to try to get Uber out of their city. But the reality is they, they scaled so rapidly, and, and that service and scalability that um, they dominated a market. And and you don't have to dominate the earth. You can dominate Atlanta. You can dominate Nashville. You can do whatever your product or services, you can dominate. If you do these three things, well, you, you attract clients, deliver your service. If you can't, I don't think anybody should go into business. I mean, here you were saying, you know, building a business is the way to wealth. I can't agree with you more. There is no better path. Now it's not a sure path. But there is no better path that if you figure the path out, you are on your path to wealth. But um, you should never go into business unless you fully intend to service your ideal client, whoever that is. Right. But now here's what's funny. Here's the irony of, of, of I call it the entrepreneurial journey. Uh, you can talk to people. Here's the two versions of the typical entrepreneurial journey is, hey, I went to work for this guy whatever it is, HVAC, plumber. I went to work for this guy and then he got old and he retired and I just kind of took the business over, right? Or it could be, I went to work for this guy 
And again, plumber, HVAC, financial advisor, insurance, whatever you are, lawnmower guy, whatever it is. And then it's like, well, gosh, that guy is no smarter than I am. I can do this myself. So I went and started my own business. But what that lacks is that's the delivery part. Yeah, they were confident they could do what that guy was doing. They could deliver the service, right? But they didn't think about, gosh, how do I attract the clients? They didn't think about how do I service the existing clients and uh, scale it to add new clients, right? They only looked at, I can do what my boss is doing, right? The delivery of the service. That's all they thought about. And it goes back to like you were saying, is that you got to have all three of those components, which is the attraction, which is marketing and sales, which is sales and which is servicing and scaling. How am I going to do this over and over and repeat, right? And But when the entrepreneur's journey is, they just looked at, I can do this. That's what they say. I can do this. But the doing is the delivery of the service, which is only one of the three main elements. Yeah. And, and uh, so to go on a little further, I think there's ages um, that are ideal for entrepreneurs. Now, they're different. So um, I was uh, 1992 would have made me 24 years old when I bought, purchased my first business. Um, I Which did, was what? Was that yeah, the, what's that? What was it? Oh, that was a locksmith business. So oh, that's what I thought. Okay. So, um, but what was amazing is I could work. I worked my butt off and was able to build that company to a million dollar company in just a few short years. And that was all work. Um, now then I, in 1998, I started a sales and distribution company. Um, in lightning and surge protection equipment. And in just a couple of years built, we were, we were grossing about two and a half million dollars. Just in, I think we did that in our third year in business. And it was all me. It was all, see, there were no, it, you know, I believe when you're young and you're full of energy, you can push a lot of things to happen. But you and I are both at an age that we, you get to a point where you're like, you know what? I don't have that much to leave on the field anymore every single day. I can't, and see, that's, you know, you, you know, when we think about who are we trying to help, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help the people, maybe the guy who's 25, who thinks he's got all that energy. If you build it, if you build it right when you're 25, you can, you can certainly uh, slow down in your, in your late 30s, maybe 40s. But when I say slow down, I don't physically mean not working anymore, just uh, managing things rather than it's all your energy, because eventually you run out of energy. Um. <laughs> you got plenty of energy what are you talking about hey i want to go back to the locksmith thing because this is a perfect example right you thought you could do it you could be a locksmith the delivery of it but when your business really started taking off was when you started to figure out number one how to attract the clients which remember you told me you know 49 cent keys or whatever marketing right? was, it was a great marketing message you can't yes. say it any other way it, it, luck yes. luck but a great market marketing <laughs> that not only attracted my ideal client, um, it gave a, a very simple, easy to understand message. And um, it positioned us as an expert in that neighborhood, if you will, because, you know, I was, I was two doors from a post office. So we had the traffic of people driving by and they could see the sign. So um, it did those three things. And that's what you want from your lead magnet. You want your lead magnet to get your message in front of your target audience. Um, and, and it has to be a very simple to understand message. 
Um, it has to tell them how you're going to solve their problem and make their life better. And it has to position you as an expert. That is marketing. So the, the other side, the delivery side for us was easy. You're right, because I came up as a technician. Sometimes the delivery side is easy. I got lucky on the marketing message. I mean, to be able to, to fall into a marketing message that worked um, taught me so much. But with, you know, basically three words, you know, keys, 49, well, four words, uh, 49 cents end up. So that, you know, that simple message did all of those things. And you look at some of the best advertisements, um, like a thousand songs in the palm of your hand. Well, that made a company multi, multi, multi billions of dollars because it was such a simple message. Um, but that being said, I was that I was in that very journey that you talked about. Is I was the technician who said, "I don't need a boss. He's making all the money." <laughs> That's right. So it's so this goes back into it. So I just had a meeting with a prospect yesterday. He's a alternative lending guy. So they can lend money to businesses, right? That maybe a bank wouldn't do, right? But he can do pretty much anything, anywhere, anytime. And he's got access to capital, all this kind of stuff. But what is he lacking? He's lacking the marketing message. I'm just going to call it the attraction, that little attraction thing we talked about. Because he can do anything for anybody, but you can only do one thing at a time. So let's pick a niche, goes back to identifying our target market and, and pick the niche and the marketing message, 49 cent keys and up, right? So we came up with a message for him yesterday that was, we do the deals that didn't get done that should get done, right? So, so what does that say if you're in the banking business or the lending business, you know what that means. That means this was a deal that shouldn't got done, but didn't get done because of some technicality or they, whatever the reason is. But, but if you're in the business, you know what deals should have gotten done that didn't get done. But now I can niche it down. We do the deals that didn't get done that should get done in HVAC contracting, in dental practice finance, in XYZ. But he needs that message. So then he could build the network of, let's go after bankers that specialize in dentists. And I'll do the dentist deals that didn't get done. Let's go the banker that deals in fleet management. That's like when you lease your vehicles. Sure, sure. That's called fleet management, fleet management. So let me go talk to the fleet management guys and then I'll do the deals that those guys couldn't do, right? So then he has a niche with that message and he can go niche to niche to niche, right? And build it up one at a time, which goes back to what we talked about before. It's funny you say that. I mean, um, these fleet management guys, and I got a friend who, who does that for a big company in the Southeast and he does, that's what he does. He he sells vehicles that uh, to anybody who's got, you know, like four or more commercial vehicles. Sure. And, you know, his response as a salesman is the same as everyone else. Man, I had this 25, I had this 25 deal at the finish line and it fell apart in financing. Right. You know, right. Um, when somebody's got 25 vehicles on the road and the numbers make sense, you know, you, you would hope there's a lender there to hand them the money because in, if, but you know, banks look at things very differently. If you don't need the money, the bank will loan you money. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. But if you need the money, they won't loan you money. But, uh, well, well it's funny you talk about it. So we've talked about this before and it goes back to like our, our four pillars is what I call them. But, but we've talked about it before. So your business, if your business is in great shape, profitable, they'll lend you money. 
if you own real estate, you're the big real estate guy, but that's one of the two, that's one of the four pillars. If you own real estate, you can always borrow money from your real estate to put back in your business, right? If you have saved money outside of the business or siphoned money outside the business, now you have a cash hoard or an investment, what I call a wealth accumulation account. You could borrow money from it. And then of course, if you had a retirement plan, you could borrow money from your retirement plan. So you'd have four sources of ways to get money if you've got a profitable business that has done things right, right? Attract, deliver, and scale, service and scale. Well, and you could actually have a fifth pillar too. If you're really good at, if you're really profitable and you isolate cash, you can have the ability to, to well, let's just say you have the personal ability to loan your company money at, in, at interest. Yeah, yeah. Um, and who would believe more in your company than you? If you, if so, if you are sitting on cash reserves and you can loan money to your company, and that that loan, first of all, that loan does two things. Now we're getting into some really um, deep techniques of uh, corporate protection. If you personally created a, uh, uh, let's just say a Wyoming corporation because it, it offers tremendous protection, but that being said, and you loan money to your company, now your company has a debt on the books that's not public record because it was loaned through a Wyoming corporation. Even though you personally made that loan, now the company has an indebtedness and a lawsuit against the company may not afford them anything because that the amount and the amount of assets that are tied up in that indebtedness are not public record. So there's tremendous, having cash to loan to your own company is also a, not just a, a technique to keep from paying interest to banks. You can pay that interest to yourself and grow more wealth, but it's also a corporate protection, um, you know, to, to protect you from outside lawsuits. It's a very, um, what's, I, what's, I, uh, it's a technique of protection. I can't think of the, what you would call it right now. We asset protection strategy yeah. is what we would call yeah. it. Yeah. So I don't know why my mind went there, but. Um, That's all right. We got sidetracked. That's all right. That's all right. But it goes back to like, my point being is that, is that, so why do we do what we do and who do we do it for is, you know, you've built three businesses. I think you said, and I built three businesses and they all have these key elements, right? They all have these key elements of attracting and delivering and then scaling and servicing, right? And I feel like that we've kind of cracked the code uh, and, and we want to get the word out to crack the code. Right? I'm actually we cracked the code. seven or eight businesses. But oh, even, okay. I don't, I don't mean to shortchange you. <laughs> no, well, I, I, um, I had a paint and body business um, that lasted all of about uh, nine months. Um, I invested into a guy who was one of the best paint and body men around but you know if you drink a case of beer before noon um you're probably not going to get all the work done we had more than enough work but i picked the wrong partner and it didn't work. <laughs> that so, doesn't fit into those three circles <laughs> no no I no, no i don't think see that's but you know what what's the learning experience from that is take risks i mean you gotta take i mean you know I believe that money could, was enough to start a business and just because I had a qualified uh, technician who was really good at what he did that I could, I could just manage a business. But the reality was um, I bet on the wrong horse. And if you're ever going to have a partner and I don't recommend it, but if you're ever going to have a partner, 
you got to make sure that the partner you pick is the right horse. It's like marriage because when you're in business together, it's like marriage. Like this, this podcast, I don't, I wouldn't do this with anyone else because we, we kind of have a, um, right. we got a good relationship. And, and so that, you know, this is a ongoing thing because we both know what we're doing. We've both fallen on our face a few times. Right. Right. <laughs> It's, it's funny you said it, talking about, this might be another podcast in and of itself, kind of our lessons learned. That would actually be a fun one, lessons learned. Because the, the best lesson I ever learned, which was, uh, well, shame on me. So I had a deal, handshake deal that, that didn't work out. And we'll talk about that in, you know, some other time. But didn't work out, changed the deal. They changed the deal six times in three years. And finally, I drew a line in the sand. And that's really how I started my first business, or second business, I should say. Um, so lesson learned, have it in writing. But but one of my uh, mentors was a great guy, which I learned. Uh, this is great. We talk about business planning. We want to get into business planning and stuff like that. Is that he looks at the worst case scenario first. And if the worst case takes care of itself, everything else will be okay. In other words, most people, when I have a client or a prospect bring me a deal, hey, I got this deal you should invest in, this real estate deal, this business deal. I got a friend that wants to start a business. They always tell you about the home run right? They always tell you about the home run. Well, if we do this and if we do that, we're all going to make a million dollars, right? They all do. And, but not one of them has worst case scenario, right? So what is the worst case scenario? If we buy this real estate and can't upgrade it, let's just talk about you're buying a piece of real estate and you're going to fix it up and then make it a mixed use. Try to get it rezoned or something. Yeah. 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 So what's the worst case? What if we can't get it rezoned? Can I rent it out? And what kind of money can we rent it out for? Can I use it for my own office space? Can I have somebody else use it for their office space, right? That's the worst case scenario. And if you're comfortable with that, in other words, we'll be able to rent it out or I'll be able to use it for a warehouse for my own business or I'll be able to rent it out for my own business or somebody else. That's the worst case scenario. And if you're comfortable with that, then we'll worry about rezoning and all this kind of jazz. But you don't buy it. You don't invest it on. We got it rezoned and it's multi-use. So we're all going to make a million dollars because that's all the shysters pitch to you, right? So now you get into the, it's hard to tell the truth between the really good guys and the guys that are uh, shady, right? How do you do that is by drawing it back into what's the worst case scenario. Cause those guys never look at the worst case. Scenario. Never. Yeah, you know, Dan Sullivan says it. Uh, what's the best that could happen? What's the worst that could happen? And what's likely to happen. And right. so if you, you have to look at what's the worst that could happen. Um, got it. And that's, and that's, but that's the starting point was what I learned from him. And we got into stuff about how nobody makes money until the investor makes money kind of stuff. That's kind of the right thing to do. And, you know, I've looked at deals before where the owner's going to make, you know, 200, $300,000 a year. Well, you should make enough to pay your bills, but you don't need to get a rich off of my money. Right. But you, you can pay your bills, but then everything else we should, you know, let's make a profit together after that. So you can, anyway, it was just an interesting Sorry, we got. I got sidetracked this time. No, that's not, that's actually. Uh, um, I lessons I, learned to be a good podcast. I used to have a friend who used to always eat his like vegetables first. Okay. And I'm like, dude, why do you do that? He goes, because I get the worst out of the way first. <laughs> and it, it falls very much in line with what you just said, and that's when it came. Yes. When he's like, and I'm like, well, I kind of like it, mix it up, you know, kind of take it over time. But he was like. No, <laughs> Absolutely going to get the worst out of the way, and then I then I can eat what right. I like. 
Both those are systems, by the way. His system was take the worst first. Your system was mix it in over time. But as long as you're comfortable with your system, it works for you, right? A process. A process. And that's what makes you scalable. What makes you scalable. I like that. That was a good drawback. I like that. Yeah. So uh, so the, the reality is this, um, the reason we're doing this is because we're taking experience and we don't want to keep it to ourselves. Part of it is so that I can learn from you and you can learn from me. I mean, that's part of it. But yep. more importantly, that somebody who watches this will watch one of our episodes and go, that's what I needed to today. That's why I do it is because somebody can say, and I've had a few of my blog posts and things like that where people come to me and we're like, this is exactly what I was looking for. And that's why you do it. It's because you're trying to help somebody. Um, but most people are too hard-headed, Matt, to take the advice of, I shouldn't say most people, a lot of people are too hard-headed to take the, the failures of someone else and learn from them. You have to learn from failure. It just doesn't have to be your own. Right, right. And that's what we talked about before. Who, who, who looks for advice? Who comes to advice? It's somebody who, uh, I want advice from somebody who's already done it before. Right. That's a great way. I want somebody who's, who's experienced it and can teach me how to do it. I want somebody who's got a system or process that I could just follow. Just, just give me the, the coloring book and, and, and outlined and tell me what color to color where. Right. That's the, that's the people that we attract. Right. If, if you want to be the rugged individualist and beat your head against the wall, you know, like you said, not everybody asks for advice or wants advice or help. Um, and a lot of times the advice is just you kind of know what you're doing, but but help you focus on the, you know, one, two, three important things, right? It's not always rocket science. I think that part of it is what you said before is a lot of a lot of business owners that you build this crust around you because you get the shysters who are constantly coming in the front door. They're constantly now they're emailing you, technically not, technically not even coming in the front door. They're they're contacting you in all these different directions, and you've got to sort through, are they just a, trying to get my business? Do they really have the experience I need to help me? Or are they, um, they just work for a company and that company is not going to do that good for, for my company. And so it's hard. And that's why building a relationship, I trust is so important in, um, you know, when we come back to why are we doing this? Because we're building trust with people who, you know, who may want to do business with us six months from now. And then go and look at these and go, oh, I, I think Matt's the guy I want to do business with because I, I, I now know his capabilities before I meet him. Right. And you just said something before that reminded me. So you're saying you do this so you can give a story or an example and somebody will, yeah, that's what I need. Or yeah, that would work for me. Or yeah, that sounds like something I need. That's literally exactly what happened with this prospect meeting yesterday. The alternative lender was, <laughs> Uh, we had met through another person, you know, and he had the typical opinion of a coach or consultant, you know, oh, whatever. What do these guys know? And then he read my book. I've got a book, you know, business breakthroughs, how to find 10K in any business. And in the book, we have examples. And in that, he said, I read your book last night. And I was like, oh, my God, that's it. That's what I need. That's the guy I need to talk to. Right. See? So the the book used the same example as this podcast, which is here's some Here's some examples. Here's some walkthroughs. Here's some case studies. Here's some real life examples of people we've done or dealt with or helped. 
that might relate to your business or related to your business if it's not exactly your business, right? And so a book does it, our podcast does it. That's why we're doing it is to say, look, there's other stuff out here that you may, may or may not be aware of. And we're just trying to show you that there are other ways to do it than probably the way you're doing it today. Yeah, exactly. And so I had a, uh, I had a conversation earlier this week with one of my, um, somebody who signed up for one of my online classes and, um, and he was signed up, I want to say in like March of 2018 ish, somewhere around then. And, um, at the time he was, he was running at about a million three and, uh, you know, we, we had a conversation and he's up almost a million in sales. He, he's projected to hit about 2.3 million. Um, and I said, what do you attribute that for? He said, you gave me clarity on my direction on how to take my marketing. And that's why I'm calling you now is because um, what I didn't listen to was the part where I wasn't supposed to do all the work. <laughs> so it worked, but, but he's still doing all the work. So I've got, I've got this, this growth model, but now I realize, and he's in the electrical business. Now I realize I've, I've really got to, I've got to streamline this to where I can do less of the work um, so that I can grow to the next level. And then, so that's, it's exactly that is you position yourself um, as a coach to help people where they're at. But then when they get to the next level and they get stuck, if, if you help them previously, they're going to come back to you when they're stuck and say, Hey, can you help me here? Because you, I, I know you, I mean, we increased the sales a million dollars. I mean, a lot of that profit went in his pocket. Um, and that's, <laughs> that's, a nice, a, that's a nice, it's not a million in profit, not in that business, but you know, you gotta, I mean, that's service business, you know, but there's a lot of profit in that. So, well, Matt, we covered a lot of area already. What else you want to add? That's kind of it. Should we talk a little bit about uh, our future event coming up? Man, I, yes, I think we should. We, uh, um, we're going to put on an event that um, we're going to help you walk in with um, basically your business as it is now, wherever it is now, whether you're just starting, um, you know, whether you're, you don't have a marketing plan in place, and we're going to help you do those three things, teach you how to attract clients, help you clarify the message so that you, you can attract your ideal clients. First of all, we're going to help you figure out who your ideal client is. We're going to show you how you can improve with systems and processes. Matt's really good with systems and processes uh, to deliver your service. And then um, we're going to show you how to service and scale. And we're going to do that in a two-day period of time. And um, looks, we're going we're gonna to shoot for a September event time. If that's of interest, subscribe to this channel, this, our YouTube channel. I want you to subscribe. And then just comment below on what you think the number one or two things that you're trying to fix in your business right now. What, what, what would, what, what would make you look at going to an event like that? What's the one or two things if you came out of that event that you would say that got me everything I needed and put that in the comment section below so that we know that we're going to make sure that anybody who's at that event that we're covering um, what they need, what you need. What else? Yeah, no, I love it. I think we'll go in there and teach them how to attract, deliver, and scale their business. That's it. So, well, Matt, 4th of July is tomorrow, and um, you, I love that that's our Independence Day, and I hope we remain independent as a 
country. Um, and so what, uh, what do you have planned for Independence Day? Independence Day is just, uh, you know, family fun, picnic kind of stuff. Well, I may put up a little video tomorrow. I'm going to smoke some, uh, smoke some meat in the smoker, and uh, we'll see if I put a video up of uh, – I might put it on – I won't put it on this channel, but I'll put it on one of my channels. Um, <laughs> All right, where can we find you, Dave? Matt, you can find me at davidmulvaney.com. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, and Facebook is also uh, David Mulvaney International is my Facebook uh, address. Um, how about you, Matt? Perfect. So uh, 10xprofitblueprint.com. So 10xprofitblueprint.com. My coaching website. And then, of course, Matt Hudgens at LinkedIn. You can find me over there as well. Good. Well, subscribe to the channel if you're watching this. And uh, love to hear from you in the comments section. And Matt, enjoy your uh, long weekend, and we will talk soon. See you, buddy.